these are all like valid points, but I was kind of just like, what the f- what was the fucking point of this article? Like, <laughs> like, sorry, I'm a little I'm a little pissed today because I've been reading too much stupid shit. Um, this is your host Alex. Your other co-host Ben, and we have an interesting angle today. With our tripod, we have more access to different setups. This may not have been the optimal setup. We wanted a table, but figured that would be too much work clearing the table and making it look nice and presentable. So here we are on two separate couches. Yeah. <laughs> Practicing social distancing. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're watching this episode, um, yeah, y'all are very much aware of the. COVID-19 coronavirus uh, crisis where everything's on lockdown, lockdown, and we are kind of shut, shut off in our rooms, doing nothing, and staying safe at home, which is why you might be asking, why are we next to each other right now? <laughs> and um, trust us, we have been practicing social distancing. This is, this is actually the first time I've seen a friend in person um, since, since we left for spring break right yeah i've seen friends here and there to like go walk around and stuff like that but generally i'm inside like i'm not doing much like my days generally consist of playing league of legends and just like lazing around the house <laughs> yeah so yeah, this is the first only time i've been out of the house is like to go grocery shopping but even that has been more strict so yeah i think honestly it's like i walked outside today to get to my car and then to drive and i was like it's pretty nice outside um <laughs> I miss this, you know. <laughs> uh, I wonder when the, I don't know. When do you when do you think things are gonna end? Like there's okay. So I was talking to some of my friends last night, and there's uh, he got to talk to like the dean and stuff because he's like high up in some org, and the, they were predicting. They were making like a very like tentative prediction that this the the stuff might like start to die down in August. Hmm. And that means that, uh, like, if it dies down in August, that means the next, like, the next set of freshmen will be affected. Yeah. Like, not only that, it will, like, uh, it will, fuck, what is it? Like, you, they'll cancel orientation. Oh. And then my friends start talking about, like, oh, like, if it wasn't for orientation, we would have never met each other, yada, yada, yada. But, like, that's besides the point. Just, like, imagining the freshmen having to go through that and, like, potentially not meeting like having the chance to meet all these people is like why and i was like yeah. imagine starting freshman year with classes online yeah it's crazy but it's like so if it dies on august it'll just be like a week of august or two weeks of august right no, like dying down so like they they think it might go through the entirety of august mm. it's just like tentative predictions because uh i was watching the news the other day and like the surgeon general was talking about like Trump, how he wanted things to clear up by Easter, and the, he was talking about, like, no, like, it, like, we don't run on our own timetable, right? Now we're on the virus's timetable, so we can't make any hard promises or, like, deadlines or anything, because, yeah. like, it's just not the, like, you shouldn't, because, like, it's yeah. all up in the air. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we could die on by August, that'd be a dream, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, we would all be back in Austin. Um, it is not. I heard some people say, like, all fall might be canceled. Dude, like, that's wild. But I don't know if you can do that, you know? Like, like I, I don't know. Like, I don't think they're going to cancel a whole semester. Like, even now, they're not canceling the semester. Oh, I meant, like, 
I meant things will still be online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I meant things will still be online. So, I don't know. Like, the thing is, is like, I feel like there's two big narratives going on. There's one where we need to get everyone healthy and one where we need to make sure the economy doesn't collapse, you know? Okay, the economy is kind of fucked right now. However, this is like a temporary, like, yeah. downslope. For sure. I just think it's interesting, though, because, like, there's a lot of pushback when you talk about the economy. that are like, how can you be so heartless? We need to save lives right now. But then these same people are complaining about how, like, people are getting laid off, like, laid off their jobs. They can't pay rent, stuff like that. And, like, you do know that's part of the economy, right? Like, yeah. that's an effect of the economy collapsing, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I just, I just think it's interesting because I feel like a lot of people's true selves are... It's kind of like you know a real person, how real a person is, or their true self whenever, like, uh, something bad is, has happened to them or, like, there's a crisis going on. Um or whatever struggle they're going through. I'm kind of seeing it on Twitter, you know? <laughs> Twitter is kind of depressing, you know? I, I'm actually considering just uninstalling Twitter, but then I will miss out on all the, all the sports news, so I don't know. I but, feel like Twitter and Reddit are just, like, places where people who like to be angry gather. Oh, honestly. Like, <laughs> people... Some, some, some fuckers were just complaining about how, like, Cuba is a better country than the U.S. Bruh. And then, like, I was even talking to a friend, and he was like, I mean, it's not, they're not talking about all of Cuba. And I'm like, huh, so you subscribe to this thinking too, huh? Maybe we shouldn't talk anymore. Because they're basically the gist is, like, Cuba has free healthcare, right? And, like, that would be really nice in this situation. And they're like, they're doing more for the coronavirus than the U.S. is. So basically, they're, they're like, they're, like, trying to say that they're just talking about the healthcare system. But then you read more of their tweets, and they're just like, Cuba's misunderstood. Let's stop criticizing Cuba, you know? Cuba has done more for LGBTQ rights than the U.S. has. Stuff like that. And then it's almost like you're isolating specific, like, circumstances. And you're trying to be, like, like the, the whole is equal to the sum of its parts. So then you're, like, therefore, Cuba is better than the U.S. Or, like, the U.S. is the worst country in the world, you know? <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know. It's, like, and I also starting to read some stuff about how, like, people are, like, there was, like, this, like, viral Reddit post about, like, this landlord, and, like, he's, like, oh, all my tenants, I own 30, I own an apartment with, like, 38, like, units, so then all of the, all the tenants are, like, we're not going to pay rent, because we got laid off, he's, like, what do I do, this is my only source of income, um, I don't know if the Reddit post was true or not, because, like, the account was only, like, a month old, but some people on Twitter were, like, yeah, yes, like, stand these tenants, you know, like, fuck, fuck this landlord, like, he, he leeches off their money and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, like, owning property isn't just like, you're not just sitting there and doing nothing. Like, you have to do maintenance. You have yeah. to do work. People are like, and then the people in the threads like, oh, well, the construction workers that live in the apartment will do my maintenance for free, so we don't need you. And the guy, this guy's a leech, you know? And then just, just today, I saw another tweet, like, he goes under a philosophy humor, philosophy comics. I don't know what the fuck I remember. But <laughs> basically, he's just like, it's like interest that's stealing money, you know, renting, that's stealing money, you're, you're profiting off of the labor of stuff you don't do work at all whatsoever, I'm like, so you're literally sitting here saying that this stuff should be free, you know, you're like, I'm entitled to, to all this stuff for free, and that's when I'm just like, honestly, this guy subscribes to the communist manifesto, honestly, I follow a lot of people I disagree with, and you know, I was like, that's good, you know, it's not good to be in the echo chamber, but I'm like, these people really piss me off, honestly. <laughs> like, part of it's like, I'm just sitting in this, in my, in my house doing nothing, but it's just like, I'm like, bruh, you know? But this might be a popular sentiment 
because my friend was willing to uh, defend Cuba. So also, I was like, I was reading an article about this. Apparently, freezing rent is bad for the economy because it causes mortgage prices to shoot up, mm. which in the end causes more loss of money. Is it the mortgage prices shoot up because like they're not getting the money at the moment to? I don't know what the exact causes. I only read like the first paragraph, but I like saw it, and it was like backed up by an economist, and so I was like, I'm not sure if this is like true or not, but like, it it seems reasonable that like if you're not making any income on your property, that like the property value would go down, and therefore the house the house value would go up. Yeah, I mean those. I feel like those people are the same type of people would be like, I don't want to invest in stocks because that's stealing, right? And I'm just <laughs> like, you know what, man, you do you. Like they're the same like people be like I don't believe in connections because that's cheating you know. That's cheating. But I'm like you know just shut the fuck up okay just like just just mind your own business you know go jerk off to gay porn or whatever shit and just just leave the rest of us alone. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna say this right now: if you don't believe in the concept of networking or like connections, then you like don't know how the real world works. Yeah, I don't even know. It's just like. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm just frustrated with Twitter. And that's why I'm like, I'm considering just like unfollowing a bunch of people or just like, just uninstalling it. I don't know. I need a, I need a break from that. You need a cleanse, bro. I need a cleanse. Because you're, you're like consuming too much social media because you have nothing to do. Yeah, probably. It's just like the news is so overwhelming, right? You have, it's kind of funny. Like if you read like any person's Twitter from a certain country, they're going to be like, my government has been the worst at handling this, you know? They haven't taken this seriously at all, you know? And then and then you've mentioned some other country, and I'm just like, nah, I'm the real victim. You know, it's kind of like, you know the idea of American exceptionalism where, like, we think, like, we're the special country and we're the best? Well, I think it's kind of ironic now because now, like, when we kind of pair these claims that like Cuba's better than us or, like, we've messed up in so many ways, which we have handled this crisis terribly. I'm not denying that bit. I think that's a form of American exceptionalism, you know? <laughs> Like, when you think that, like, you have it worse than, like, fucking kids in, like, Africa, or you're fucking having it worse than, like, Cuba or North America, like, I don't know, maybe you should calm down, you know? Like, like another thing is, you mentioned this earlier, is, like, LGBTQ rights and, like, civil rights generally, Yeah, is that, like, America is one of the few, like, the United States of America is, like, one of the few countries in the world that is, like, predominantly, like, multi-ethnic. Yeah, like, most other countries are primarily homogeneous like they don't even have a concept of like racism because there's no one to be racist to yeah because everyone is the same i mean the only thing times they're racist when they laugh at some guy in the distance like they don't even see that per like they don't see like those people as people because they don't interact with those people right but like so they're not gonna have any problems like being like yeah like we're okay with the idea of someone different because you don't have to interact with someone different from you yeah like they haven't even made one step towards like civil rights or like lgbtq rights like the united states of america has the highest like amount of what is it like activism towards that perhaps simply because like we like we're the most multi-ethnic like country yeah like just that like just having that alone just having different types of people like breeds that right i'm not saying it's bad it's like very good it like produces the most amount of change right if the civil rights movement hasn't really happened in many other countries besides like it, it started like, primarily with, uh, in India, right? The civil rights movement? Yeah. I mean, I know, like, the... Gandhi, right? I know... Honestly, I just remember, like, he was, like... I know, I know Martin Luther King was inspired by Gandhi. Yeah. That's what you're saying. I mean, I know, like... 
I know we're not the highest rated like country in terms of like LGBTQ rights. And like there's like various other countries in like Eastern Europe who do much better than us. But I feel like but, generally But like, I don't think I don't we're not the worst. Like you can by far. You can you can be gay and live here from what I remember. From what I observe. But I don't like know. you're not gonna get like prosecuted or like hunted down. Yeah. Like this is not the Middle East. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I think what's crazy is that like by us talking about this on the podcast, we're gonna be they might be labeled as like conservative like podcast hosts now or oh, something maybe. like that. This is a little radical. Yeah. But, but all I'm trying to say is that we're better than Cuba, okay? That's yeah. that's the only problem. Like if you want to say how like Denmark has handled this crisis better than the US, I'm perfectly fine with that. You yeah. Know? I I, I might even agree with it. But I just have a problem when you're comparing us to Cuba and North Korea. Like just sh- shut the fuck up, okay? Like <laughs> like you're not you're not homeless right now. So <laughs> It's like, I don't know. It's like kind of interesting because like, how much, how much, do you know how much of the US like lives paycheck to paycheck? Like, it's a genuine question. I, I was, I fucking heard about this before. I know it's like a larger percentage than you would expect. Yeah. Like it's a pretty like big percentage. Because uh-huh. a lot of like the like American ideal is that you don't like really care too much about saving. It's like in the moment. Mm. And like that mentality sort of like undulates like throughout most of the general populace yeah like so like it's understandable how a lot of the population does that but i don't know what percentage exactly but i know i i heard it one time because someone told me and it was like pretty like staggeringly high yeah wait why what were you gonna well because like i guess something like you hear and read a lot about how people are struggling a lot in this crisis yeah. right and i don't know i guess like yeah i guess like literally what you said like the amount of people saying this is more than i expect but it's kind of like how we talked about in like earlier podcasts or even between ourselves, just like the whole concept of like the rich, you know, like rich people love to pretend that they're poor because they want to show that they've earned everything they have, you know, mm. like they don't want to, they want to downplay their wealth. Right. And like sometimes like poor people, like they, they want to make, a, make it appear that they're more wealthy than they really are, you know, because mm-hmm. like they don't, they don't like the shame of it. Right. And there's people in the middle class who are like, who do both basically. So it kind of made me wonder, like, how many of these people are really going through what they're saying they're going through, you know? Mm. I don't know. Like, that sounds really bad. I know. But it's just like, I don't want to say I'm skeptical, but it's just like, I remember seeing some tweet about, like, this is a middle class house. And it was a big house, but like, and then all the people were like, this is a rich house. And they're just saying, I'm poor. And then some people are just like, you might be poor or you might live in New York and this person lives in fucking Montana. Like, who knows, you know? Yeah. But it's like, I feel like we as people, like, I don't know if we have a good concept of money, you know? Like, yes. I don't know if like, like, honestly, it depends on what label you put on yourselves, right? But it's like, I remember reading this New York Times article written by like a Facebook friend. Um, and he, he went to like, NYU basically and basically the whole point of his article was like NYU is expensive I'm broke and I'm poor and my friend group has ostracized me because my credit card got declined and this is America's fault because I thought I made it by going to NYU but in reality I'm still a nobody they haven't accepted me Mm. because he's like 
half Mexican, half like Chinese or something. And these are all like valid points, but I was kind of just like, what the, what was the fucking point of this article? Like, like, sorry, I'm a little, I'm a little pissed today because I've been reading too much stupid shit. But basically I was kind of just like, the New York Times has declined. He read this, he read that entire article and he was like waiting for the punchline. And he's I don't, like, what's the point? Yes, I thought he was going to add, like, everyone fucking knows NYU is expensive. Everyone fucking knows college is expensive. And, uh, I don't know. When I got into college, I definitely didn't think I made it into society. Did you think you made it into society? I, I like, I think our views on college were different. Like, I, I think, like, for us, like, that was, like, our first step towards getting yeah. into society. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't think I made it into society. I definitely thought I was like, oh, this is, like... You know, my, my dreamy, romantic view of college was like, I'm going to have so much fun and it will be a four-year buffer before I get into society. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, but, um, that's, I mean, that, we talked about that before in other episodes, but, you know, I definitely didn't think I, I made it into society, you know? So I was just like, I just, the whole article just sounded naive and then he just, I mean, it's like, I'm real now, you know? I eat ramen in my apartment, like, I'm a broke college kid. And I'm like... I hate to break it to you, man, but literally every fucking college student says that about themselves. You know? Like, I don't know if adhering to a stereotype makes you more or less real. Yeah. Like, for example, whenever I see, like, on my Facebook feed or, like, Instagram feed, like, a sorority girl post, like, oh, I never thought I'd be a sorority girl. Like, adhering to the stereotype doesn't make you special. Yeah. And, like, maybe these, maybe these become cliches because they're true, right? Maybe, like, they're repeated so often because, like, it's a common experience, right? But, like... I just want you to know that, like, uh, if you think that you're coming off as genuine, like, you're not, you know? So, yeah, just reading that, like, made me think of this, like, there's, like, this trope called Seinfeld is bad, right? Seinfeld is bad. bad. And basically the whole point of the trope is that Seinfeld is, like, a critically acclaimed comedy TV show is, like, considered to be written by one of the greatest comedians of all time, Jerry Seinfeld, and it's one of the greatest sitcoms, right? Um, I haven't personally watched it, but that's like a reputation it has. And you yeah. know, there's always those people who are like, like, you have something that's critically acclaimed, like... A lot of people are like, if X thing is mainstream, it is bad. Yeah, so basically they're kind of like, Seinfeld is bad, you know, like, all <laughs> these cliché, like, it's just so cliché, it's overdone, like, I don't like it, right? But the irony is, it started all those clichés, and it was so good that every TV show had to copy it. So that when you go back and watch it, you're like, oh, this is, what's so special about this? When it's the reason why it's, it's done, right? Yeah, it's the origin. And then that's kind of what I was thinking about when I was reading this New York Times article. It's like, I'm sure it's ex- like he means this stuff and it's very true, but it's like, maybe it's just ironic because there's so many people, it's like the, maybe it's like the boy who cried, but there's so many people complain about how like, they're, they're broke in college and stuff like that, that like, I just don't take it seriously anymore, you know? And maybe it's because, like, I'm just kind of fed up of, like... Sometimes I feel like I'm just, like, trying to live my life peacefully. <laughs> and, like, I, I live in my 2x2. My two two, we live in a 2x2, two two and we have, a, we have our own rooms as big. And we're from Plano. And the people are kind of, oh, you're from Plano, you know? Like, oh, like, you have this. Like, oh, you things are provided to you. Like, you didn't work for every single, like, step of your life. And I'm like, uh... I mean, yeah, I guess, but, like, what do you want me to do about that? You yeah. Know? Like, I guess, like, something I've, like, learned a lot in, like, life is that, like, no one really gets to, like, a certain position all by themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you ha- you have the help of friends, you have the help of your parents who, like, either worked hard to get to a certain position, 
and then you just make the most of the cards that are dealt with you, right? Like, I'm not trying to say that, like, life is a meritocracy, but it's, like, it's, like, the opposite. I'm trying to say, that, like, everyone is, like, helped by in some way. Some people are helped less than others. Some people are helped more than others. But it's, like, I think what I'm seeing right now, like, I'm tying this back to what the beginning is, like, I feel like a lot of people are, like, kind of entitled, you know? Like... Including us. Including us. But I think, especially for these broke these broke people on Twitter, I feel like they feel like I'm entitled to, like, these privileges, right? When they are just privileges that people are lucky to get, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's a little ironic because, like, they, they kind of have this answer, like, you know, like, I failed so much in life and I deserve to succeed, you know? Like, they, they want to pin themselves as underdogs when, like, maybe you just whine a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. So... I think what I'm seeing a lot is, like, what's frustrating me is just, like, like, it's unfortunate that things have turned out this way, but it's, like, it's, like, you know, that's, it's, like, parasite, you know, when, like, yeah. the two poor people, instead of working together to, like, solve a problem against, like, like, the, the wealthy, they're just, just tear, like fight each they're just tearing each other down as they look down on the wealthy, right? Yeah. And it's, like, it's, like, no, everyone loses in the end. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I see in this situation, where... To me, it feels like um, we're all just complaining about stuff and we're just mad, you know, but I mean, we can never really move on. Yeah. 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 I mean, I agree. Like, as I said earlier, I really do believe that like Twitter and Reddit are like places where angry people like to congregate because like the thing is you post like an angry response or just like complain about something. Sure, you can get someone canceled. Maybe you can get like some movement started, but the end result of a lot of things that happen from your complaining is absolutely nothing. Yeah. Like you solve nothing. You like, like you provide only problems, no solutions. Like that's something I learned like back when I was in like high school, like why I was a bad teammate to work with is because I would always provide problems and never solutions. Mm, And like one of the things like for teamwork is that like every person like builds a framework to allow everyone else to succeed. Right. But if you keep trying to tear down this collective framework, then you don't get anywhere. Yeah. And, like, that's how I see it. Like, they're just, like, tearing, like, like, for example, recently, or semi-recently, there was this corona thing where a bunch of celebrities, like, this was, like, done by Gal Gadot. She made this Instagram video of all these celebrities singing and basically trying to, like, just, like, boost everyone's morale about coronavirus. And basically the general response is, like, oh, look at you rich people just, like, yeah. lavishing in your houses. Like, like, they tear down a good thing because they just want to be mad. Like, they can't even see what something is at its face value. They have to, like, go hammer down at its core and go, like, oh, this is bad. Yeah, they're like, basically, the gist is, like, why aren't you providing money for the people, right? But here's the funny part. When you do provide money, they're like, why aren't you providing more money, you know? Yeah. Like, the NBA is, like, some NBA players are like, okay, we're going to donate, like, X amount $300,000. Like, why aren't you donating a million? Like, I mean, A, does a million need to be provided, you know? And B, is that your money? And they're like, well, I'm donating... Like, this X amount of money is, like, worth, proportionally is, like, less, is, like, is worth less of, like, their assets than, like, me donating something, right? Like, if I donated, like, the basic trend, I donated $300, that's worth a lot more of my, like, of, like, my assets than, like, a, like a rich NBA player donating $100,000. Therefore, they need to donate more, right? But at the end of the day, is like, you're not entitled to their money, you know? Like, they don't have to donate they don't have to donate to help these part-time workers, right? Yeah. Like, technically, the, the 
the ownership of the team should be like helping donate for the staff, like for part-time workers that own that. Like, yeah, because like, the arena. NBA players like don't get money while they're not playing. Yeah, like they they are also, that's also employees. Like, that's also it's the owners too. that should be donating. Like the NBA players don't even know if they're getting uh money, you know. But like they're still donating, so you should be grateful for that, right? And some people are, but some people are just complaining, right? And then even for the owners, is like it's messed up that like they aren't like. A lot of them are trying to be cheap, you know, and like that's why. I mean, honestly, that's quite a rich bit. Yeah. Um, they don't want to pay like their employees either, right? But at the same time, is like. I mean, technically, you're not really uh, entitled to their money either, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can argue that they're stealing, that they got to where they are by like stealing from other people, and I don't disagree with that. But it's like, it is what it is, you know, like. I think at the end of the day, it's like, there's a reason why there's a lot of streets named after MLK Day, MLK and like Martin Luther King, and there's like holidays named after him. But nobody wants to name a street after Malcolm X. And yeah. that's because he, he was not the nicest man. You he know? was also really radical. Yeah. And like, even though ML, like Martin Luther King was like, I don't know, like apparently he cheated on his wife and stuff, and like he had his flaws, his philosophy was like, let's just be nice to everyone. And that, that's what people want, that's what will stick, you know? Yeah. So I think it's, like, being patient and, like, I don't know. I think, like, advocating for, like, your rights is definitely necessary. But, like, if all you're going to do is, like, sling, like, insults and threats, like, toward, like, everybody, you know, even the people who are trying to help you, like, you're not going to leave a positive impression, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Totally. Like, I don't know. Like, part of me is, like, when I was young, I thought that's what being an adult was, like, handling situations maturely. But I guess as you get older, you realize, like, that it's not really an adult thing. That's just a person. That's a philosophy and personality yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, as you said, Malcolm X and MLK, they had equal influence at that time. Yeah. And they were, they were advocating for the same end result. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter of, like, method, methodology. Yeah. So, I think that, yeah, honestly, I think that's one thing that's been really frustrating this situation. It's just, like, all these unhappy tweets and like posts or just like how things have been messed up like i'm frustrated too that you know the the trump administration like didn't take this situation seriously and we don't have enough tests and now we're stuck in our houses for like or in our apartments for like nine months but like i mean how can we channel that energy into something more positive yeah it's like like i think there's so many like proportionally there's more movements trying to cancel someone than more movements trying to like build something up like i remember when mr beast did the 10 million trees thing yeah like the reason he did that is because like our generation is literally known for retweet activism which is basically not activism at all yeah like canceling someone it's like a momentary reprieve but it doesn't like tackle a solution at its core Mm -hmm. because like if, if all you do is just tweet about it there's no physical thing being done to like fix the problem. Like you're, you're not pushing forward any, like you're not litigating anything. Like you're not mm. like trying to change anyone's life. Yes. You cancel someone. It will only like momentarily like cause a dip in their career. Yeah. Like most of the time people who get canceled bounce back. Yeah. And I think that's what like, I remember like, uh, there's like a Dave Chappelle special where you're kind of like, He's kind of just talking with people. It was like a couple years ago. It was released on Netflix a couple years ago. Um, but he was kind of just talking about how like the Me Too movement. And he was like, 
I don't disagree with what y'all are saying. Like, I have a daughter, and he's like, I, I hope y'all win because like I want a better world for her, right? But it's like I don't know if y'all are going about this the right way because, like, the moment like they're not scared of you anymore, like it'll be worse, you know? Yeah. It's also just like, like people want to help, you know, but you're gonna have a lot of imperfect allies. Like he was making a joke, like Ben Affleck was like, yeah, like what is having these women should be stopped, and then people are like, you grabbed a titty in '95, so shut the fuck up, and he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm out of here, you know. He's just like, it's just like, no one's perfect, you know? And you're going to be like, well, he did this and that. It's unacceptable, right? But it's like, it's funny because it's like, I feel like a lot of people are against the death penalty. But it's like, the way they treat people is like, they may as well just be dead, you know? Mm -hmm. Because they can never outlive that mistake, you know? It's almost kind of like the term like forgive, but not forget, you know? And I'll say thinking about it, but it's like, Maybe forgiveness is forgetting, you know? Because it sounds like if you don't forget, you're, you're still holding it against them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I agree as well. Like, I think a lot... Uh, this is a lot of echo chamber today. But, like, like, um, it's like what happened with Kobe. Like, how people are like, oh, why are we, like, honoring him? Because, like, of this scandal. Uh-huh. It was like... Like, yes, you should take someone's legacy in their whole, right? But, like, if something is generally meant as, like, a positive note for a lot of people... Like, a lot of people looked up to Kobe, right? And if that's what, like... If that's what drives them forward, that's what motivates them, like, who are you to say that, like, that should not motivate them? Mm-hmm. Like, if it motivates them, it motivates them, right? Oh, intrinsic motivation is actually really hard to find. Like, I don't know if a lot of people know that, but, like, it is very difficult to obtain. Yeah. Like, just generally, across all people. Like, I don't care, like, if you are motivated now, but, like... It is very hard to obtain. And mm-hmm. that's why, they, like, a lot of fictional shows talk about, like, revenge. And it's like the characters weren't motivated before that revenge to do much. And then it's like something happens and they want to get revenge. And they're super intrinsically motivated. Because, like, intrinsic motivation, by its nature, is hard to obtain. Yeah. So you can't just, like, tear down stuff that, like, people, like, see. Up. Like, yes, you should, like, point it out, right? But you shouldn't, like, go about, like, tearing things down. Like, a, a lot of what Twitter and Reddit feels like to me is, like, very destructive but mm-hmm. since dis- destruction is way easier than construction like it just feels like everyone it's just you're constantly taking steps back yeah yeah i know yeah so i guess like kind of wrapping up this part of social media part of this discussion on coronavirus and like social media it's just like just chill you know like yeah maybe it's ironic that like we're kind of at least i'm talking about kind of heatedly in this podcast like <laughs> Just like, what's wrong with these people, you know? <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, I don't think what you're saying is wrong. And, like, it's great that Cuba is, like, maybe, like, they've been a little more progressive in the LGBTQ rights or they've been more progressive in the healthcare, right? Like, those are good things for sure. But it's, like, I feel like you're, you're, you're seeing that you're getting lost in the, like, you're, 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 cap- you're focusing on the tree and you're getting, you're, you're forgetting that there's a forest behind you you know yes it's like, like uh, another thing that i was i i watched philip defranco and one of the things that like i think that he he doesn't intentionally do this but a lot of statistics that he puts up about the coronavirus are like intentionally misleading like for example he was talking about unemployment and it was like he's like this is the most amount of people who filed for unemployment since like 19 like 60 or something right yeah when in, back then or like even since like the great depression right but like you got to think about this proportionally like proportionally to the po- total population 
whatever amount of people like filed for unemployment during then was more. Yeah. Because like we, our population is just like exponentially grown yeah. since then. Yeah. And so like this number is huge, right? But proportionally, it's not as big as then. Like that's mm-hmm. why it was called Great Depression, not just like a depression. Yeah. Like this was like a global scale. Like whatever's happening right now, yes, it's a global scale, but it's not to the same level. Yeah, I mean, on the like on the the silver linings that like we know why we're entering this depression, right? Because yeah. in the Great Depression, like they didn't really know how to get out of it. Like I don't, I'm not gonna pretend that I'm a history expert. I don't, I can't recall all the factors as to why there was like what caused the Great Depression to be the last the way it did. Like the only the only time they like they that depression lasted like for the greater part of like the thirties basically. Mm-hmm. And then they only got out of it because they went to war, you know? Yeah. Like, for us, it's like, we might enter depression if everything is shut down. But it's because people aren't spending. So, like, if the once we beat the virus, you know, money will come back. And then the depression won't last as long, yeah. you know? So, I think in some ways, it's just, like, there's, like, reason for optimism. And it's actually kind of funny because, like, before, like, last semester, I remember people were like, yeah, we might be in the recession because, like, the bubble might collapse, you know, or the <laughs> stock market might collapse. Like, like, we don't know, you know. But then they're like, oh, maybe things will get better. But in the end, we kind of, we ended up in, like, a potential recession, depression. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of funny how things kind of speak themselves into existence. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of, a lot of panic and worry, which is, some of it is rightfully placed, right? Like, the way that this is spreading in the U.S. is kind of, like very rapid yeah and like one thing i saw on like social media was like they were okay this is slightly like not this is a radical opinion but i think it is okay to test like celebrities and like nba players first yeah it's not because they're privileged but it's because they come into contact with more people than like a normal person would and Mm -hmm. if they have it the potential for spread is so much higher yeah like like when rudy gobert like got tested positive like think about how many people he could have interacted with versus like you who like just watches nba maybe like interacts with like like in a day maybe like 10 people Mm. like rudy gobert is like interacting with people in the magnitudes of thousands yeah like and and then like other nba players too like i don't think it's like absurd to be testing them first like it makes sense in the public health standpoint like Mm. you are serving the greatest good that way it may seem like they're getting it first because they're privileged, which I guess it is a privilege of having fame, right? Yeah. But at the same time, like, I feel like people are getting lost in, like, the really small details, like you were said earlier. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, this person makes a lot of money to get the test first. What about us, you know? We make way less money. But, like, you interact with way less people. Yeah. Like, you, the most you could spread it to is your friends, friends and family, right? You don't have general interaction with, like, a lot of strangers, mm-hmm. no yeah. matter what your job is. Like, you could, like, infect your whole floor if you work at, like, a company, right? Dude, these people can affect the whole arena of fans. For sure. Like, 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 the getting autographs is, and stuff is, like, like that. difference by, like, hundredfold. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember reading that argument, too, on Reddit and Twitter. People were, like, mad. And, like, I understood, like, it does suck. Like, I remember, like, the day we left to go back home. I, I saw the construction workers still working and I was like, dang, like that really sucks. Yeah. That, like they still have to work while we have the privilege of like being able to work at home. And even like the re- people in retail, like I guess they don't have income. Right. But like, cause they have, to, they can't work in stores per se, at least at that moment. 
um but if you're in like a non-essential business but like for these uh construction workers like like no one even cares if like they get sick or not like like you have to like do all this work that you may die in you know and like i think that's the real shame because they actually don't have a voice you know because like they're at before even coronavirus they're already at risk yeah. like getting dust in your lungs already puts you at like such a high risk factor for yeah. like lung disease yeah and then like to me i feel like that's like the real underbelly of society like blue collar workers and like no one cares about them you know like you still look people still look down on them or they still think like you're the reason why trump got elected you know stuff like that mm-hmm. but like i think that's like the real sad part in this whole situation like i think that is like a pretty valid case when i mean not that other cases aren't valid but i feel like that is a pretty like scenario where like i do feel sympathy like you know they don't have access to these tests right but the same thing is like just because this person's rich and privileged doesn't mean he deserves to go to hell, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, yeah. Like, I don't... I do remember reading that argument about, like, they interact with so many people, which I think is true. But then other people are saying, like, the virus is so contagious that, like, if you're just around someone with the uh, with the virus, like, you're screwed, basically. I know, but that's exactly what I'm saying. It's mm. even more essential that, like, mm. people who interact with these... Like, if you're just around someone, that means if you're in the stadium watching this person play, yeah, you can get it. Yeah. Like, is that not more worrisome than, like, you just being in, like, your house or, like, your workplace? Like, you, the amount of people that an NBA player can infect is, like, more than you interact with mm. in your lifetime. Yeah. I think that's true. I think, I think that argument is, like, valid in my mind. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there might be counter-arguments, but I think it's true. I think the main thing for me is, like, I'm not going to blame them for, like, wanting to test all their employees and, like, um, like players. Like, yes, maybe, like, the Utah Jazz use up, like, 60% of Oklahoma's tests at the time. But, like, why are you mad at the Utah Jazz for, like, trying to care for their employees? Like, if your company could do that for you, would you really be, like, no, like, fuck you for doing that, you know? You use up half of the state's tests. You'd be, like, oh, I'm... I'm so grateful and lucky that, like, my team could, like, provide this. Uh, pr- provide this for me, you know? Like, when said you should just be like, you know, why the fuck do we not have more tests, you know? Like, I think it's like, that's a more valid complaint and concern than just being like, hey, you spent the money, you know? Like, if you worked hard and you got money, why would you not want to help benefit your friends and family for that, you know? Like, I think that's, like, a super valid action to do, you know? Like, like when people like dislike the idea of connections is like, do you not have any friends like who would be willing to do that for you? Would you consider that a connection or like that's helped you? You know, it's like, like I don't know if I'm not making sense, but basically like what I'm trying to say is like, like it's pretty normal to want to do favors for your friends or like not be as formal around your friends because they're your friends, you know, like you can let your hair down, like you can be your true self around them, you know, like you can you want to help those people. So, like, I think, in, like, in this case, it makes sense why. Like, I don't blame the Utah Jazz for using 60% of the tests. I'm just, like, I just think it's sad that, like, we don't have that many tests. But I don't think you should be mad at them for using those tests, you know? I agree. Like, regardless of, like, I think regardless of how many people they interact with, it's, like, I don't think people you dislike should go to hell because you dislike them because of a perceived, like, inequality, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like, even to these people who are complaining on Twitter, like, honestly, like, I, I really don't like them, you know? <laughs> but I'm not gonna be like, you know, I hope you get coronavirus and die. Which is kind of what I feel like I'm reading when I'm 
really into this stuff yeah. where it's just like that's the implication yeah they're just so angry and upset but yeah yeah like it's i don't know it's just wild to me yeah i know like there's an irony in complaining about people complaining but you know maybe just think about like why are we why are we doing this like it's just like just just calm down yeah but i guess on a more personal note um kind of like yeah what are y'all what are like your plans for like you know now like since the coronavirus happened like how are you planning on doing school you are you trying to go back to austin like what have you been thinking about during this virus outside of social media when I first got back to Plano, I know I originally wanted to go back to Austin this coming week, but then like now seeing the situation progress and it's like they're in shelter and then we're in shelter, like, I don't know if going back is the best idea, but I know I want to go back at some point simply because I'm not productive at home. Yeah. Like, I feel like I let my guard down a lot at home. Mm, like it's too comfortable here. It's too comfortable. Like sure. it, it feels like just nowhere is nice to do work. Like yeah. honestly, the same, it would be very similar in Austin, but I feel like at least there's like a sort of like air of productivity in Austin because like I go to school there. Yeah. And so like there, it feels like there's an academic like undertone. So I feel like I know I would be more productive there. Yeah. yeah. And so like, that's the hope at some point I can return to Austin, mm. but like any long-term plans I, I canceled them on just like putting everything, just like playing it close to the chest right now. Yeah. I feel I'm probably going to stay here in Plano. Um, I just don't really see the point in going home. I mean, not home. Going to Austin. Um, mainly because... home away from home. Uh, home away from home. <laughs> um, mainly just because, like, everything's closed. Like, you're not really expected to hang out with your friends anyway. I mean, I know, like, we're technically hanging out right now. But it's, like... Honestly, like, me as a person, I'm not that close with that many people to actually, like, go to their apartments and hang out. Also, just so you know, this is not a, a hangout. This is a, a work session. It's a work <laughs> session. We're doing yeah. work. Yeah, it's essential business, you know. <laughs> so, to all the haters out there. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I honestly just feel like... I just thought about... Like, this is something I really did think about last week when I was upset. Because I was kind of like, seniors been taken away from us. Like, we couldn't even say goodbye to our friends, you know, like... I won't be able to have these memories or do these same experiences that other classes have. That's so unfair. But then I was kind of thinking about, I was like, like, why are we sentimental, right? Like, I, I think sentimentality is not a bad thing. Like, I like it. But it's just like, there's a reason behind, like, why these memories are precious, right? Mm-hmm. And it's because, like, it's like the little interactions you had, like, the hangouts you had back then. Um, that's what makes that last goodbye so special, right? And honestly, I was like, like, I'm not even, like, being, like, emo, <laughs> or like not even trying to be like what was me but like i'm honestly like not that close to that many people uh, like part of it's like personality part of it's just unlucky circumstance but like honestly like if i went back to austin everyone went back to austin like i wouldn't be like that close with that many people to actually just like have a last goodbye without the pretense of like a meal or boba or mm-hmm. going somewhere you know so that's when I was like, honestly, I think it's just better if I just message people, you know? Wait, so how did you feel about when graduation was, like, canceled? Well, A, it's postponed, not canceled. Okay, it's basically canceled. There's going to be less than half of the people there, because, like, some people are going to work, some bullshit, other stuff. <laughs> that's true. Um, I mean, the idea of graduation being canceled was one of the main reasons why I was upset, because I wanted the pictures at least right mm-hmm. part of me is like i don't it feels kind of weird to be like i i want to do pictures like as a guy but it's like oh 
my bad. But like, I think pictures are like, like I, when I'm old, I want to be able to look back at it. You know, like something mm-hmm. something I kind of regretted is like in high school was like I didn't take that many pictures with my friends. Like I only pictures I had were people like I was just like acquainted with. You know, like my closest friends. Like I didn't have that many pictures of them, and like that means a lot to me now because like. Like, at least like those one or two guys I wanted to actually have a photo with is like those are the only people like I feel like I'm still friends with like post high school you know so I think that's what I regret and that's kind of like I wanted to make up for that in college you know but like now that opportunity is not there um but I feel like I have faith that a lot of people will come back for graduation later on because I feel like work will be pretty understanding or I feel like people would be pretty understanding of like want, letting you come back, right? Maybe not everyone will come back, but... For the most part. I feel like for the most part, like, you would still come back for graduation. 100%. Yeah, like, I, I'm willing to take a day off of work to come back for graduation or take a sick day. Like, I'm sure my company would understand, you know? Yeah. Like, not only that, I feel like, uh, like, this is a really troll moment in an anime I watched, but like some dude is in an isekai and he has like a phone... And yeah. he was, like, trying to, like, tell the people what this phone could do to, like, sell it to them. Yeah. He's, like, it can freeze time. Yeah. But for, like, only one moment. And you can only save that one moment. Yeah. Because he was talking about, like, taking a photo. Yeah. And, like, just imagine, like, the concept of, like, a photo to people, like, when the photos didn't exist. Like, you're literally freezing time and then keeping it. Yeah. Like, I, I think photos are, like, really valuable for, like, your own memory. Because, like, at, at some point in life, the memory will fail you. Yeah, and I think having these photos, having these memories, yeah. like encased in something like a photo, is like really valuable. Yeah, it's kind of also like when people are like, "I don't believe in photos." I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, uh, I mean, you like maybe you actually don't like taking photos." Part of me is just like, "Are you just trying to be edgy right now?" Like, it's just, just, just take the photo. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. like I feel like you appreciate it a lot later down the line. Yeah, it's like. I know for sure when I was young, I was just like it's, it was annoying. Like you know when you're like your mom is like, please take like fifty photos like as you're like trying to walk down like a a random road in Hong Kong. But I think like when I got older, I was like no, like I actually really value like taking all these photos because like um, I'm not gonna go on a trip that often as I get older, maybe because I'm busy and like. I mean, it's just something really special about treasuring, like, every moment in your life, you know? Yeah. Obviously, some people go overboard when, like, they take, like, food photos for, like, with the perfect lighting for a moment. But I think at the end of the day, is like, like, photos are, like, a snapshot of, like, reality. Because, like, me- memory is, like, I think it's beautiful of how imperfect memory is. But it's, like, you need that, you need, sometimes you need, like, that balance, right? You need another, like, I want to say objective perspective, but you need another perspective. Because, like, sometimes your memory will romanticize things like in a certain light that didn't actually happen you know yeah like the other day i was getting those snapchat memories and like seeing the things from like three years ago four years ago it's like really wild to like see like your own journey like when you dig up these old photos and that's like just four years entirely my college right Mm -hmm. but like as you get later down in life like when it becomes spans of like decades like just seeing where you were and where you are is like it's a it's a really cool thing to experience. Yeah, for sure. Like, how do you think senior year? Um, like, do you basically feel like senior year has ended, or are you kind of just like, is still going on? Is just it's still going on, but it feels really like lackluster. Yeah, like, this is not the senior year that I was really looking forward to. That's like yeah, like honestly, we we were planning on going on the trip to Japan. 
the odds of that are very low right now. Very low. low. Um, some might, it's, it's basically all bit canceled. Yeah. Um, and that really sucks, right? Because, like, you know, I haven't really gone on the trip with friends. I was going to this spring break, and then that got, <laughs> that got canceled. <laughs> and then... That was, under, like, super duper canceled. I understood. Like, I honestly was, like, I backed out before everyone else wanted to back out because I was kind of like, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's not for the... Maybe it's for the best, you know? And then they eventually canceled a bit. Um, I think it's just, like, there's a lot of things where, like, maybe I'm feeling this way because I'm trying to follow a path, you know? I'm trying to f- fill out a checklist to be like, you know, I've had a fulfilled college life or I had a fulfilled time before I could have fun. Um, like maybe all this hurts a lot because I feel like, like once I graduate college and I work, I can no longer have fun. I can no longer um, grow as a person. Like I have to have everything figured out. So maybe awkward reason why people are upset this senior is and feels like it's ended so quickly is because like, they feel like we have a shorter deadline now, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, I guess, like, as you, like, think about it, like, you know that's false, right? Yeah. Like, if, even when you graduate college at, like, 21, 22, like, you're still a young person. Or even when you're, like, not quote-unquote young, like, no one really figures out life and, like, feels like they know everything, right? Like, you're, you're just, you're always learning stuff, right? Whereas, like, you're being a parent or, like, you're just, I don't know, like, a businessman or something. Like, you're still experiencing life in, like, a new lens. So it's, like... I think it's like when you try to set a deadline for yourself, then yeah, like this really sucks. But I think if you like just treat it as like it is what it is, like, you know, this is considered to be the worst socioeconomic crisis since World War II, right? And I'm like, freaking World War II is like, you know, that was a pretty heavy event. So this is like being compared to that, then like, you know, like it's not like people want things to happen, right? Yeah. You know? Aside from, like, those random people who want to eat bats or some shit, it's, like, <laughs> even them, like, they didn't intend for this to spiral off control, right? Yeah. They just wanted to eat bats, you know? Like, that, that's, that's, that's each man to their own. Yeah. But it's not like people are, like, trying to take this away from you on purpose, you know? It's, like, it's, like, I guess, like, we don't have, we don't have a, I guess we have a physical enemy, but it's not a person, right? Yeah. And that's what makes the situation seem so unfair, but... In a way, it is kind of like a war against disease, you know? Like, another really interesting thing that Alex has told me before is, like, a person is not, like, an equation. Like, we're talking about this in reference to, like, applying to things, right? Like, everyone tries to do, like, for example, pre-med people try to, like, get all of the stuff, like, fill out the checklist. But, like, when you apply to something, like, it's not an equation. Like, someone is looking at you and going, like, oh, is this person, like, the whole package? Not whether they're, like, they fill out X, Y, and Z, right? Mm. In the same sense, college is not an equation. It's not a checklist that you get everything and then that equals you had fun. You know, it's like, if you had fun, you had fun. Yeah, and it's okay if you couldn't go to one last banquet, one last party, or even if you couldn't walk, like... Like, that's okay, right? Like, you still, we still had 3.67 years of college, you know? It's not... Just because we didn't have that last point... Uh, 2.3. 2.3. 3.3. 3.33 years left that, like, everything's been invalidated, you know? Or we didn't have a complete package, you know? So, I think that's what I've been trying to tell my... I've been trying... I've been learning, basically, um, through this quarantine. It's just that. I think that first week, like, last week was pretty hard at first. Um, cause I felt entitled, you know, um, I don't know in the wide words of like this, uh, uh, mentor in my ministry or like, he's like, yeah, basically like I had a call with him. Yes. Two days ago at the time of this recording. 
about like stuff we had to plan and then i was telling him he was asking me like how things were and i i like told him like how i was feeling but how it's better now and like that. so basically once you decide to stop being selfish you know things got better right and like yeah he was right like when I, when i stopped you know feeling entitled to stuff when i stopped being like i deserve this you know uh things became lighter and like i became more at peace with stuff right mm-hmm. like at first like it was really hard like being at home felt like I was out of prison, right? Not even because of, like, my parents were restricting me, but it just felt like, like, I didn't know when I could, like, do what I wanted to do or just hang out with people when I wanted to. But then once I, like, accepted that, I'm like, you know, honestly, like, like, spending time alone is, like, not bad, you know? Like, it's nice to have, like, some time of solitude. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, honestly, like, I've been even seeing some, like, silver linings or like positive stuff that's happening from like coronavirus like i think the fact that like everyone has to be more intentional with each other now right yeah like before like like ben like me and ben have talked about this before but it's like i never really talked to people outside when i saw them right like and i don't really see people that often unless it's like it's for a class or for like a club like an acm meeting so like honestly in the in the past it really felt like i was alone you know but then now it's like everyone kind of has to you have to message people basically to like stay in contact with them so i've been like talking to more people now like being more intentional in messaging some people now so i feel like that's been like good in some way like i've been able to you know not have anxiety messaging someone because in the past i'll be like oh like maybe he won't respond to me you know stuff like that but now it's kind of like regardless if he doesn't like it's the only way you Mm -hmm. know and even like like, I see a lot of hope for, like, like orgs and, like... Because, like, um, we're, like, as of right now, like, we're trying to figure out how to make a double ACM, like, virtual. And it's, like, really... It's really messy and weird. But it's, like... I think it's cool because, like, a lot of people are, like, really open to the idea because that, that's the only way right now, right? And I think, like, that leaves a good blueprint for the future because, like, usually in the summer, people are, like, physically isolated from each other. Like, you don't see your friends all the time. And people drift apart. But, like, now it's, like you know, hopefully people get in the habit of, like, being intentional, like, messaging each other, like, video chatting with each other, and just doing, like, the little things, so, I think in some ways, like, it's, like, I'm not glad the pandemic has happened, <laughs> but I am glad that people were, like, some positive things are happening out of it, yeah. To shift gears, because this is something I've been wanting to talk about, so, I watched, like, an anime series, it's, like, a spinoff of a show called Madoka Magica, and it was, like, a a very, like, linchpin show for magical girl shows, because it basically turned the genre on its head, and they're like, what if we took this, like, really bright, colorful sort of genre that's, like, very wholesome and not, like, very, like, that's basically all it is. It's just, like, bright, colorful, and very, like, surface level. Mm-hmm. What if we, like, pierced the surface and, like, made it very deep and, like, you know, thought-provoking and just, like, very, like, hard to watch? And that, like, turned the whole genre on its head because now all magical girl shows that come out are basically, like, this edgy, like, reincarnation of a magical girl show as opposed to just being a normal magical girl show. Mm -hmm. And so there's a spinoff series that, like, talks about, like, another set of characters. And a a specific episode happened, and I was, like, very interested in, like, a specific interaction because there's this one girl, she's, like, very, very, like, I guess she's, like, prone to anger. That's just, like, how she is, right? Yeah. And there's another girl that she's friends with that is, like, very, like, 
she's always very bubbly, but then she's like easy, she's easily hurt. Mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening is like the girl who's prone to anger, like it's mad at her all the time. And they're always like, you know what? Let's just stop being friends. Yeah. And the end result is like the girl who's happy all the time. Like always comes back first. And she's always like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like it was my fault. Like let's always be friends. Yeah. And then so at one point, like the girl who gets mad a lot is like, no, like you aren't sorry. Like, let's not like do this. It's like, can you imagine how I feel? Mm. And I was like thinking about it. It's like, it, it like suddenly popped into my head. Do you think like the apologer burdens the person being apologized to? It's like it puts them in like a situation where they have to accept the apology or they look like the bad guy. Yeah. When it, when, and like, cause the girl always felt like she was getting wronged. Mm-hmm. Like the one that was prone to anger. She always felt like she was getting wronged by the girl who's always happy because she's like always bubbly, always friendly. And so people would always take her side. Yeah. And so she felt like, like the girl, whenever she apologized, would turn like the momentum against her and make her look like the bad person. When in reality, mm-hmm. she's like, I feel like I'm on, like we're in the same level of blame, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. it's not my fault she wants to apologize to me. Yeah. It's like, why is this, like, why am I paying as the bad guy? Because mm, kind of just like, the act of apology makes you seem like a more reasonable person. Like, it almost paints a picture of like, oh, she's always apologizing. So she's like, aware of like, her faults. But this person who's like, being apologized to, they haven't done anything about it. It makes them look bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've honestly never really thought about it before until you brought it up. Um, but I think that it is pretty interesting. Like, the whole idea of, like... It kind of goes back to, like, your words. Every word you say has meaning, you know? Yeah. Even if, like... Even if something does not explicitly have meaning, like, that's, like, a kind of, like, meaning of in There's, of itself. like, a subtext. Like, yeah, it's kind of, like... If there's, like... If you can use negative space in, like, painting art or something, like, it's kind of, like... Yeah, there's, like, this... The lack of a word is kind of like negative words, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, yeah, it's like there's that subtext where, um, there's like that subtext where like it means something. Like, no vote is a vote, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, it kind of makes me think about like, cause in Japanese culture they apologize a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was gonna bring that up. Is like not just Japanese culture, but like Eastern culture generally. Like I can even see in like our daily lives because we've sort of grown up in like an eastern influence mm-hmm. is it like whenever something goes wrong no matter if it was our fault or not we ins- we instinctively decide to apologize oh i have a personal example actually so um there was this time where uh last year a friend from church was like hey can you help this guy and this other guy from our church stay at your place in uh austin because he wants to visit um ut uh for like the swimming championships or something like that mm. and then um, me being, uh, super passive and, uh, wanting to be nice. I said, yeah, but I don't, I don't really know this guy that well. And Ben obviously doesn't know this guy at all, you know? <laughs> so, um, I met this guy like once before and also he didn't really want to ask me cause he didn't know me that well. Right. But I was like, okay, fine. Like, uh, I'll ask Ben. Ben was like, yeah, sure. Because in our minds, the idea was this guy would just stay in her house for, like, to sleep, basically. Yeah, but, like, we thought he'd be out and about all the time and only come back to sleep and shower. Yeah, but then, uh, it was kind of complicated, like, I remember, like, okay, honestly, we were super accommodating of the whole situation, but he had hired the, he, he didn't explicitly demand this, but, like, basically, like, he just stayed at our apartment, like, all day. He was in our apartment more than we were that weekend. 
And it was oh. really, like, a lot of our friends were like, yo, you shouldn't do that. Like, he's virtually a stranger to your guys. Like, you shouldn't have someone that, like, you don't know at all in your apartment when you're not there. Yeah. And, like, I just remember, like, even the whole process, he was kind of needy to, like, like process of moving in, moving in to our apartment. Like, uh, I wasn't able to, like, I was working on a group project when he wanted to come in. And I was kind of like, hey, like, I'm sorry, but, like, I need to be here on campus. And I remember I just kept him apologizing for, like, not being able to be there so he could move in at his convenience. And to the point, it's like, stop saying sorry. Like, you know, like, you know, you're good. Like, you're doing me a favor, right? And I realized, like, that's kind of an example of this scenario where, like, I kept on saying sorry, but I didn't mean it, right? Honestly, in my head, I was kind of like, this guy, I'm just saying sorry so, like, people can't put the blame on me, you know? (laughs) Like, I'm trying to be, like, that, like, black and white scenario where, like, I was 100% in the right, and this guy was 100% in the wrong. So, like, I'm saying sorry to make my, to make myself, like, I didn't think like this in the moment. Like, this is all subconscious, but looking back, I was, like... Yeah, like, you burdened the person being apologized yeah, to. Yeah, like, I was basically, it basically made it seem like I was unable to fulfill this task that was required of me. In reality, it wasn't required of me at all, right? Like, I didn't need to say sorry and he would have understood, right? But now saying sorry made it sound like I'm making him look like the bad guy by burdening me with something. When reality, I was burdening him, right? Yeah. So I think like that is an example. Or, like, I realize a lot of times in life, I say sorry a lot, even if I don't mean it, mainly because like, I just want to like be like, oh, I, you know, don't expect stuff out of me, you know? When maybe even the other person was like, that wasn't even on their mind. So... I don't know. I think that's something like only really an Eastern culture would really maybe maybe be primarily relevant in, right? Yeah. I guess that's why it popped up in anime and not like some TV show yeah. or something. And that's probably also why we never really thought about before, but we have dealt with it before mm-hmm. because like our parents are from Asia or Southeast mm-hmm. Asia, like you know. So yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um speaking of another anime, I finally watched uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion which is a classic anime uh, in the, from the 90s and it's like a titular mecha anime yeah it's like so basically the gist of the story is um, it's like an apocalyptic mecha anime where like these aliens they call angels are like coming to earth and they're destroying everything Wait, there's a lot of biblical references there's a lot too. of biblical references it's like, like a, lot, angels or something. a lot of like Gnosticism um, references um which is, like, super symbolic, and, like, it's really up to the audience to see, interpret it, but, but like, a two-second summary is basically, Mecca's trying to fight uh, aliens they, that have a lot of uh, symbolic references to Christianity, and they basically try to save the day, and, like, for the first, like, 15 episodes, it's, like, kind of monster of the week, where it's just, like, alien pops, like, or, like, so, like, the main characters are, like, these, like, middle school kids who are, like, testing these, like, robots. And they're ba- so basically, like, they don't really know what they're doing. Like, they just test it. And then, like, there's, like, these scientists that support them. So then basically it's just, like, they go to the facility. They get tested. Something goes wrong. An alien comes, which is, like, a surprise because the, the, the first two aliens, like, like, the first alien came, like, like, like prehistoric times. The second alien came, like, 15 years prior to the series starting. And after that, there's, like, an alien every single episode. <laughs> and then, so then kind of just, like, alien comes. It's a surprise. They save the day. They return. 
And it's kind of like, I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But it's just like, like, how is this dark? You know, because like the series is known for the main character being like super whiny. He always goes like, I can't run away. I can't run away. Like, I, yeah. He has like super low self-esteem. He's like depressed. Everyone in the series is depressed. Oh, yeah, that too. That too. Everyone's traumatized by something. And you only see this like starting later on in the series when like some stuff happens. Like, I feel um, like the first, the spoiler warning, I feel like the first turning point is when they get they try to like make a fourth one right yeah, yeah. and then that that dude like goes berserk and you have to kill him yeah or like his his mecha goes berserk because like uh this is kind of a spoiler but their mechas are actually like living you know they're like they're living. made out of the aliens they're made out of the aliens so like they're not they're not just robots so they have that's why they have to like do like these tests to like test like the the sync they, they have to test like how well they sync with each other yeah but basically it goes out of control and then like basically like there's a way to trick the control like robots by putting like this dummy this dummy pilot basically to pretend like there's a person inside but it's just like a program and then basically that program like goes berserk and like almost kills like the fourth child which is like a friend of the main character and then basically he's like i'm out of here and then basically he kind of quits but then like when he quits there's like drastic effects like the people almost die wait didn't they think that instead of the dummy in there it was him uh but he wasn't there but he couldn't control it like they overrid oh they overrid his control by by pretending that he was ejected and that they put a dummy in there but it was really just a program yeah so then basically he quits and then like an alien comes when he quits and then basically his other two pilots get like kind of wrecked and he has to come (laughs) save the day but then one of the other pilots has like a super big ego and then she's like super hurt by that and then basically she kind of spirals out of control and then it's it's a long time like i don't want to go into it but basically like every character has an insecurity and trauma behind their personality and i think everyone except for the main character kind of like puts a front you know or like they're secure so it's kind of interesting like reading that because like basically the whole series is like each person is trying to fight depression like it's like everyone seems so whiny but then the last two episodes are like it's Dude, so shit, it's like mind fucking it's so like abstract and like honestly like the plot just like basically it goes from him being like yeah i defeated the last alien to him just like thinking he's like he's like imagining this whole scenario where it's like he's like he's like why do i pilot this mecha you know it's like a recurring question and Basically, the plot goes out of the window. He's just, like, sitting there, like, thinking. At the end, it's, like, a kind of optimistic. He's like, you know what? I think everyone hates me. But in reality, like, that's just my assumption, you know? Wait, didn't he cause third impact before he went to go think about shit? I think that was... Wait, that's in the... No, that's during the movie, I think. No, I thought it's still, like, third impact is because, uh, uh, like, the catalyst for third oh, impact you're right. that, is when the, his robot eats an angel, the core. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I think he started the impact, and that kicked in the instrumentality. And shit. that's why and that's, he was that's why, that's why he was thinking. It's just not super clear in the end. Yeah, because, like, in the movie, I, you don't know this, but, like, yeah. like, basically, third impact happens. They show you what happens during yeah. third impact. Yeah. And then instrumentality is, like, everyone turns into, like, one... Like one conscious, right? Yeah, one conscious. So it's like you can't misunderstand people. Like that's the point behind instrumentality yeah. is that like everyone is under one pretense, and you cannot misunderstand. Like like why? Like you know, like people have misunderstandings all the time, right? And yeah. the reason is because you can't know what they're thinking. Yeah. Instrumentality seeks to like destroy that barrier, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so like, 
Shinji is like thinking all of that shit while instrumentality happens. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. And then like the thing is like all those people like like his thoughts aren't like their thoughts are basically public. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because I remember there's some interesting idea that popped up like this is the me in my mind and this is the me in like this other character's mind but they're all true, you know? Yeah. Like they are all facets of yourself. Like that's interesting because like Sometimes people are like, oh, like, this person's so fake because he projects his persona. The reality, that is a true part of themselves because the fact that they need to project that persona say something about them, you know? And say something that, like, hey, this fake persona is what they think is an ideal that they're willing to present to the public. So in reality, that is part of their values and it is part of them, you know? So I thought that was super interesting. Yeah. And, like, while the last episode is, like, <laughs> like honestly like, it's not super like you kind of know some shit has happened because he ate the angel but like, you don't really know you don't really understand like what's going on yeah but i figured the end was like i kind of like the message that the last two episodes were saying because like like while it seemed kind of jarring it's like um i'm not trying to make light of depression or mental health issues but it's kind of like you need to want to be helped you know like you need to want to move forward and like kind of accept like your insecurities and accept your whatever's going on to like to like you know move forward as a person right and like there's definitely gonna be struggles and like you're gonna have a lot of ups and downs in your life for sure and just because you want to be happy you're not necessarily gonna be happy but if you there is one thing for sure is like if you think life sucks, like, it will suck, right? Yes. Like, if you think you're a loser, you will be a loser. So, I think that's ultimately the gist of what those two episodes were trying to say, is, like, Shinji, or, like, the main character of that series, like, always thought that, like, he was a loser, and, like, nobody liked him. But that, that became a self-fulfilling... Like, it wasn't even, like, true, necessarily, but, like, because of that... It got kind of got self-fulfilled because he isolated himself, right? And I think at the end of the day, it was, like... Like, yes, just because you think you're a winner doesn't mean you are a winner. Just because you want to be happy doesn't mean you will be happy. But if you do think the inverse, like, that will be true. Like, if you are, if you think life will be sad and sucks, then it will, right? Like, I was like, there's a really good quote that's like, you can have fun on rainy days as well, you know? Oh. And I was like, you know, like, that's true, you know? Um, Like, just because there's a big thing is like, like, there's, like, this, like, other theme where it's, like, Shinji's always running away from stuff. Like, what's wrong with that? Why can't I just take the pleasant things of life and just be happy with that? You know? Like, what's wrong with running away from unpleasant things? But, like, I think a big thing is, like, you know, just, like, the way life is, um, you're not going to always experience... <coughs> you're not always going to experience pleasant things. You're not always going to get the things what you want in life. So, making the most of what you're dealt with is, like the most like well-rounded scenario you know and even then it's like sadness is like what makes happiness meaningful you know sadness is like what makes you even aware that there are problems Mm -hmm. like it's good to be sad sometimes because like you're aware that like something shouldn't be the way it is you know kind of like what like inside out was talking about like one really interesting thing is that so the difference between the movie ending and the show ending even though they are animated so drastically different the only difference is that in the series, Shinji gave into instrumentality. Yeah. And that's why that whole sequence of the last two episodes happened. That is yeah. like him in instrumentality. Yeah. And in the movie, he rejects instrumentality. Yeah. And he like comes out of the orange like soup shit. Yeah. The and like LCL. 
And so, like, what's really interesting is that, like, I wonder how, like, it would actually go in real life. Like, if you were given that choice, like, would mm. you, like, choose instrumentality or not? I don't know. Because I think I was thinking about it was, like, because, like, I think a big thing for people is, like, this is just a delusion, you know? Like, yeah. it's not actually happening. But at the same time, I was thinking about, like, is that really important in the context of the series? Because the context of the series, like, he's able to move forward with his life, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, sometimes, like, I think it's interesting because, like, another theme in the series is, like, reality is kind of just what you... You you make a mistake that you think reality is truth when reality is really what you perceive to be as your truth, you know? Mm-hmm. So, there are many... It's like... It's like it's like the kind of the context, like, there are many truths out there, but there's only one truth for you. Mm. And I was like, interesting. Because like, I think we always like, maybe kind of in the context of like the society we're in, we live in, but we're kind of like, you know, reality is objective, right? Like it's neutral, right? When like, maybe like, you know, in reality, it's not, you know? Yeah. Like, because we, in order to like observe reality, we have to perceive it, which is from like our experiences and memories so in that case like there is no there's not necessarily a neutral reality so i thought that was pretty interesting as well so it's definitely a series that makes you think a lot you know i think another thing is like you have to be primed like if you just watch this on your own the last episodes mean nothing to you like when i first watch it the last episodes like i derive no meaning from it yeah but like you have to be primed in a certain way otherwise it's hard to understand mm, yeah like something like the director even says like he made that movie because like a lot of fans were like pissed because they're just like this ending makes no sense or like yeah. they wanted the they wanted like a badass cool ending where shinji yeah. like beats the shit out of like an angel and he's like he's like a chad you know <laughs> he's like he's like a chad with like his harem bit you know like he's like he's like honestly like i don't want a non-anime fan to watch this movie because because, um, like, the movie is, like, a little, is a lot not, it's not as optimistic, you know. Um, it's basically, it's, like, a lot more sad um, and depressing. But basically, he's kind of just, like, you don't, if you have a, if you're, no, if you're a normal person that goes out of your house and, like, interacts with people, you don't need to watch this movie because, like, you're not going to learn anything from it. But he's, like, yeah. I want these otakus to watch it <laughs> because they think the world's against them. They don't, they're, like, they don't want to interact with people anymore, you know. Dude, this is, like, welcome to the NHK. Yeah. Yeah, and then he's basically just like, you need to, you need to interact with people to like move on and grow as a person, you know? Like you can't just, you can't just hide from them just because like they, they said some mean things to you before, you know? And that's like the thing is like about instrumentality is like, if, if you like actively participate in society, you shouldn't need it because like misunderstanding should give meaning to your life. Yeah. It shouldn't be the reason why you run away from it. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's interesting because like there's a lot of. I think, like, they, people have kind of, like, reused this plot before. Like, in Naruto, they're trying to, like, when Obito's trying to make that dream world, where he's just, oh, like... Oh, the infinite Suki. Like, it's, like, it's kind of similar to instrumentality in that, like, everyone's happy, you know? It's similar. It's similar. It's not... It's, like, it's pretty different that, like, people aren't connected. Because, like, the idea behind instrumentality is breaking down the barrier. Yeah. But the idea behind this dream world is just, like, it's a perfect illusion, right? But people are, like, it's not reality, you know? So, we have to stop this. Um... It was just, like, valid, but I think it's interesting because, like, it kind of, bla- kind of like, plays into this mindset of, like, things have to be real to have value. And, I don't know, part of me is kind of just, like, you know, just because you can't, like, hold it, like, feel it, it's not like a, it's not like a 3D object or something, like, doesn't mean, like, those ideals or memories are, like, 
invalid, you know? Mm. So that's just something that has got me thinking. And we have a lot of time to think because we're in quarantine. <laughs> But yeah, kind of wrapping things up because uh, I think we're going uh, a little over. Oh, would you participate in instrumentality or no? I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. <coughs> If there was a... See, I think that's like one of those things like you can't... I don't even think I have really have a concept of instrumentality, really. You know, like I've... Yes, yes, there's like the example in the TV show. Yeah. But it's like... I think that's literally asking you to give up what you know as a human experience and achieve something else, right? Yeah. And I think that is hard to say, you know? Because I think right now I'm still in that mentality where like... I want to be able to understand what I'm getting into before I go into it. When I think instrumentality is like... You need to give that up before and still think that what we're promising you is good. You know? What's really interesting is that the people who are like pushing for it so hard had no concept of it either. Yeah. They're just like, this is good. It must be good. Yeah. I think to me, it's actually kind of like the idea of uh, the afterlife. Yeah. Because um, I think for a lot of people, like the idea of living forever is pretty nice. But honestly, to me, the idea of living forever is a little terrifying because I have no concept of that, you know? Oh. To me, it's a little bit like... You have, um, you have like a film, a roll of film that just continues to go on forever and ever. Like, like you said this before, like, that, like having an end is beautiful, right? Yeah. Like that's why me, I don't like immortality. To me, I kind of like, to me, I don't necessarily think that. I just think having an end is understandable, you know? Mm. Like, I don't know if I necessarily want an end either. But I think it's also because like, I don't, I can't comprehend what the end means, right? All I can comprehend is like an eternal blackness, which is a little scary. But, like, to me, like, I'm not, like, opposed to the idea of the afterlife, but it is a little scary. Because, like, it, you can't comprehend it. It makes your head kind of woozy when you think about it, you know? But I think for then it's something, like, if I were to, if, like, if I were to be in the afterlife, like, my, how I perceive things would be different, you know? And I kind of think that applies to this idea of instrumentality as well, where it's, like, you, like, I don't think, like, if there was an afterlife, like, if, Um, like if you went to heaven or hell like I don't think you would I don't think it would be like this but forever like I think I'm not gonna say it's like it's like instrumentality but like your consciousness would be different you know yeah I feel like you would just be in eternal like peace or suffering it's not like you would I don't even feel like you would have a physical body like I just feel like you would yeah like I don't even think like you would I don't even know if you would think or I don't even know if you would think like this way you know yeah like It's different, you know? It's kind of like when people talk about the idea of God. Um, like, okay, I guess I personally don't think God is just like a humanoid. Like, I don't think he's like Zeus or something sitting <laughs> up there, you know? Um, like, that's just my personal opinion. But I you, think, don't, you think Jesus is worse than Odin? <laughs> <laughs> shut up. He's, he's referencing Vinland Saga. He's not actually saying that to, all, to, all, to our Christian friends out there. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But, um, so I guess like my point is just like... Um, I guess maybe I would participate because like, but I think it would take me a while to get into that stage, right? Yeah. Because I guess like even for me right now, like even as a Christian who like, I guess believes in like the idea of heaven, like that's, even though if I believe in it, it's still kind of scary to me, right? And I think that's something that like isn't talked about much because it's just, it's just an assumption that like, oh, like, like, oh, I think like the afterlife would be just like, like this But forever, like, I can be free of the pain or be free of, like, death. When I feel like 
it would be a completely different experience, you know? And, like, I think that is a little scary because I don't understand it. But I'm not saying, like, that's bad, you know? Yeah. So I think for the same thing with instrumentality, is like, I don't understand it. I'm not going to be, like, me. But I think that's the whole point, you know? Yeah. So I think once I accept that, I think maybe I would. Um, but I don't know if I want to do it forever, you know? I but think the thing I, is, like, it's irreversible. It's irreversible, yeah. Yeah. Like you either choose it or you don't. Either, okay. I think... So, like, that's even weirder, is that, like, if you choose it, you can't go back. Yeah, yeah. But, like, if you don't choose it, you'll live with regret that you never chose it. Or, like, that you would never get no, to experience it. I think it's hard. And I think that's just, like, a lot of things in life where it's just, like, there's pros and cons to every decision. Like, part of me is kind of, like, I... I think something about misunderstandings is, like, it's a it's proof that humans are individualistic, right? We have your, our own unique fingerprint, you know, yeah. or footprint. But... I guess if you get rid of misunderstandings, like, you're not unique anymore, right? Yeah. So I guess... Okay, honestly, I can't really walk out of this uh, discussion with an answer now. But I think, I think it's, like... It depends on your values. Like, do you want to understand everyone and be at peace with everyone? Which is, like... I think is, that's definitely a good value to have. Or do you want to maintain, like, what makes you special and kind of, you know, live your individual life? Like, it's kind of like... I think it's interesting that this was written from like an Eastern perspective because like they're supposedly really big on like community mm-hmm. and like the co- the collective, right? I mean, to be fair, in the movie, everyone chooses to be instrumentality except yeah. <laughs> except Shinji, except Shinji and uh, Asuka. Yeah, so so technically, everyone did do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I think you know, like we we can talk about this on further episodes, but like I think I like the idea of being different and special same but i i recognize the benefits of being something as a whole like being part like being a part of a greater whole which is would be nice but i honestly maybe i'll never feel be at the point where i, I can make a coffin decision one way or another but yeah i think i would i would not opt in right now because uh i just can't reach the point where like i'm I can understand and be okay with it, you know? I mean, I, I believe something similar. Like, I feel like it's... The human experience is... It it, it, it it exists simply because of these barriers. Yeah. Like, the human experience would be so vastly different if you could understand everyone. Yeah. Like, they would... Like, for example, a lot of people, like, hate on, like, the game. Like, whenever you're trying to, like, pursue a romantic interest. And then you're, like... It's like not texting back immediately or like playing all these dumb things, trying to read signals, read in between the lines, look at the subtext. And like, yes, the game is interesting and that's like part of the human experience, right? And yeah. something like that would never exist in an instrumentality like world. Yeah, for sure. Like you couldn't even pursue someone physically. Yeah. Like I don't even think there would be romantic love in that context, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. In instrumentality. Like, I know in, like, the... Everyone would be your friend. I know in, like, kind of, like, from, like, what, like, Christianity talks about heaven, like, there, there's no, no there's no such thing as, like, marriage or husband and wife. Like, you're just, you're just there, you know? Yeah. And, like, so kind of, like, kind of, like, like, knowing that, like, I would kind of imagine that instrumentality is, like, not like that, you know? Yeah. Would, would, like, not, that we wouldn't have i don't even know if we would have friends right i don't even know if you had desires like we we just like we would be we there is no i yeah basically so i think that's kind of like i don't want to get i don't want to sound like i'm quoting like ann rand or some shit <laughs> but like um like a, 
Like, that's not what I'm trying to do, but it's just kind of like, yeah. I guess, how much do you value your individual... Like, do you appreciate life, the, the, the good stuff about life enough to, like, the point that you don't want to participate in instrumentality? Or do you think life is flawed? That, like, it's better we just go into this utopian understanding, right? So, yeah. I guess as of right now, I... Maybe because, like, I'm tired of being pessimistic about everything. I think I would still try to stay in this life, you know? Same. But I guess we'll see. Um, maybe I'll change my mind when I get older. But, yeah, as of right now, I guess not. Dude, when he gets older and he decides to choose instrumentality, he's going to, like, try to make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm like, when I get older for, like, when I'm, like, working at a job for, like, 15 years, he's just like, yeah, fuck it. Let's he, like, just... quits, and then he, like, disappears off the face of the earth, and then he, like, tries to, like, make everyone into LCO. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting talk. Um, it was a good one. Yeah, it's... is This is the type of talks you have, the type of thoughts you have. Like, basically, because of the pandemic, every, every minute is a shower thought. Yeah. Every basically. thought is a shower thought. So, basically, to get, again, reiterate, stay away from people, social distance, wash your hands... You know, practice safe oh, yeah. procedures, be responsible. Yeah, do that. And follow that so we don't get in trouble. You know? <laughs> this is a sponsored tagline by CDC. By, by CDC. <laughs> They're paying us zero dollars. But yeah. Um yeah, just uh yeah, just wrapping up. Actually wrapping up now. Um yeah, this is nuanced nonsense. We're not experts, we just like talking. So if you disagree with like everything we said in this video focus on the nonsense part you know feel free to shoot us a dm feel free to shoot <laughs> us a dm send us an angry text but if you know us you probably do or else you're not watching this video <laughs> but um yeah just thank you for listening uh we'll try to be we'll be back at some point uh, no promises as to when but yeah we uh we look forward to more of these random talks especially in this time of crisis but yeah signing out